Welcome into the 30 Wise Podcast, episode number one. Big exciting stuff we got going Numero on. Numero uno. The start of something great. Something awesome. We have hosts here of Derek Delaney. Kurt Orchard. Taylor Herman. And we are going to take you down the road of letting you know how 30-year-old dads like to unwind, unravel, and basically talk about life. But first and foremost, we want to congratulate Kurt Orchard on the birth of his second child. Kurt, what's it like? Woohoo! Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, you forget a lot of things about how small they are when you hold them in their hands. <laughs> I mean, how how fragile they yeah. are. Uh, you, you know, you want to hold them like a football, but not too tight. But you don't want to fumble them. You know, and it's. I was uh, just, I was just holding him. I was like, I don't remember my first child being this small. And then I'm like, maybe I do. I don't remember. It's crazy. <laughs> so, what, in your opinion, is the biggest difference between child number one and child number Ooh. two? You know, it's it's just busier because you have to entertain a toddler and uh and also manage a a newborn who can't talk or tell you anything that's going on uh luckily my wife is taking some time off from work so that we can kind of acclimate to being a family of four now so after having your second child does it give you any inkling at all that you want to have a third (laughs) after seven days yes that's when you're supposed to know Instincts was a kick in, right? Uh, Is that not how it works? I don't think it works that fast. Well, you know, with two boys, I think my wife uh, would consider and would like to try for a girl. But then she has to roll those dice. You know, they're not all they're cracked up to be. (laughs) Just kidding. Eddie, your daddy loves you. I love Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, but then she has to realize that uh, we're rolling the dice that instead of two young men running around the house, she could have three young men, <laughs> plus myself, <laughs> that gets all sort it's of dicey. Overrun with men. Right. So I got to ask you, so you got one young one and one a little bit older. When it's when there's two feet of snow outside, what do you do for fun to keep your kids entertained? I mean, there's lots of things you can do inside. Uh, you come up with a lot of a lot of different ideas. We've got the basketball hoop, the train set here. You do hot lava. You do art, art projects. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you remember hot lava oh, from yeah. when we were yeah. kids? Oh, oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, do you really you know, play hot lava with your oldest? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's a great game. And then uh, every once in a while, when the weather agrees and you know you're above 15 or 20 <laughs> degrees, you bundle up and you go like today. Uh, my oldest and I just went out and we we dug a couple badger holes, as he called them, you know, <laughs> snow caves, because we had ice really? built on top of the snow. Yeah, really, badger holes. Yep. Yeah. There's well, no influence badgers, from you. Badgers live in dens, you know. No influence. That from makes you. total sense. No yeah. influence from you. No influence from me. Are you sure about that? I told him that it could be a fox that might sleep in one tonight. But nothing with your Wisconsin heritage. It could came be. Up. It yeah. could be. Go badgers. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going outside. You're digging holes. Yep. It just, yeah, that's it. And, and I mean, the snow is up. It sounds up, like the movie. The snow is up to us. <laughs> they each get their own shovel. Yep, yep. It's basically holes in Minnesota right now. Hey. Except snow. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the snow is up to his waist right now. And uh, we don't live on a hill. So you got to dig holes and tunnels. Yeah. So we dug some tunnels and had the time of our lives. It was great. Hey, we don't have a lot of hills. So we were literally looking out the the window at our snow in our driveway and we were like, there's so much snow here. This is the most we've had since we moved into our house. We could literally build a snow hill for Addie to sled down in our driveway. Right? Absolutely. You guys are thinking about it. I actually did that last week. Yeah. Where the back of my deck is elevated. Yeah. So you walk out and there's no guardrail or rail on it at all. 
So basically, with the drifted snow, you could pack it down, and for probably 15, 20 feet, you got a natural decline from my deck down to the end of my yard. Great for a two-year-old. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I got the I, I got the little uh, path matted down. I went down a bunch of times myself. <laughs> I stuck my two-year-old on there. I pushed him down. He went flying. And he absolutely loved it. Yeah. Hey. Well, you have to... Pre- Winter in Minnesota. You have to pre-lay down the track. They're not heavy enough to do that. <laughs> I bet he sunk in once or twice. Oh, big <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you get stuck and you try to get off and you get a footprint right in there. And then you got to pay him over that. And oh, I know. I tell you what, anybody here have a Fitbit? Yeah. Nope. Trying to do that stuff outside, you get a lot of steps in. Hey. Making your own making your own snow track or your snow... Your path for your sled? Yeah. Yeah. Toboggan path is what they want to call it. <laughs> right. If you're from northern Minnesota... <laughs> What's that have to do with being from northern Minnesota? Gosh, that was as Minnesotan as I could have said tobo- it. That's where toboggans were created. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toboggans were created in Bemidji, Minnesota. Okay. So that's why they call it northern Minnesota toboggan. We're going to take your word for it. Yeah, look that up. All right. Anyway, so what other stuff do you like to do, Taylor, with your kid when there's three feet of snow on the ground? Travel to Florida. <laughs> yeah, you just was, got back from Disney, it was right? Great, it was yeah. a great experience. It was her first time in an airplane. Well, she's two. Of course it was. Okay. Uh, first time for traveling with a two and a four-year-old on a plane. My nephew came with us. That was exciting. How'd they do on the plane? Was it direct? Direct flights. Okay. Decent. That makes fun. a difference. Hey, Florida, great time, but glad to be home. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Got to have lots of activities planned for him on the train. Oh, we plane, had we but... had a lot of activities planned. Yeah. We had a lot of stuff to do. We did a lot of fun things, but it's just good to be home. It always is. So the think about vacation, and it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, it's good to be there, but it's also great to be back. Kind of Even though walk. there's four feet of snow more than we we left yeah. with this is great it's grown from three to four i don't know how much snow <laughs> is like on the, the ground fish right stories. now it could well, be five well it depends on what I drift know. you measure yeah you're right so Turn he so he was in florida is it disney world all hype or did it live up to what your expectations of it was well, i've been to disney three or four times already but now seeing it through the eyes of your child oh because that's what really matters that's the magic right it was her seeing mickey mouse and minnie mouse for the first time in person she just went batshit crazy <laughs> she loved it. And with all the other kids that are in line waiting for it, and they're just playing, having fun, and even though it was like 7.30 at night and she was getting tired, she just went crazy <laughs> for Mickey and Minnie. So it is fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a great time, but it's just a lot, and it just is a long day. But at the same time, the whole vacation was the great experience because... Yeah. You're down there, you go to Disney one day, plenty with a two-year-old. Then I went golfing and just relaxed myself, go to the pool, have a couple cocktails. It's just it's just a great experience. So how, okay, if other parents out there that are listening right now, what is the um, advice you give to them? Not Disney World through the eyes of your child, Disney World survival guide <laughs> from Taylor Herman as a parent. Drink early and often? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. It, I mean, it literally, it, it's probably a plan out your trip. Yeah. Plan out your trip because the biggest thing there that we figured out and we didn't really realize is the fast pass will do you wonders. What is the fast you, pass? It'll just get you to the front of line quicker. So the fast pass is your way to go because if you plan your trip out and you plan your day at Disney, you can get the fast pass. It's there. It's ready for you. 
you just go at the times you specify and you can just be off and running on the rides versus standing in line for an hour just to go on the it's a small world ride and <laughs> yeah it's fun but it's a lot better when you don't have to stand in line for 45 minutes or whatever it is to i gotta it. ask you taylor with the fast pass or, or with with addy being two there were obviously a lot of rides she couldn't go on did you and mal take turns or you guys were down there with family too so you guys down there, could, yeah you guys down there could skip there's yeah. not a lot of rides at magic kingdom that she couldn't go on Fair enough. Now, if you're going to Epcot, you're going to the other ones where there's a lot more rides, there's a lot different experience, that's one thing. But Magic Kingdom, yeah, most of them she can go on. There's a couple roller coasters. There's a couple that she probably couldn't go on, but for the most part. You took her anyway? No, we didn't. She wasn't she wasn't into that. And those those are the (laughs) slipped him a five. Come on, man. It's not a big deal. No, those are the ones that's how you build character, right? Right. Those are the ones that (laughs) she wasn't gonna be excited about either. She wasn't going to be excited about those anyway, so it was, you know, it is what it is. And she fell asleep for two hours, so for two hours I sat with her, and which is fine. I'm not a huge rides guy anyway, so uh, for two hours everybody else went and did their thing, and I just sat with Addie sleeping in a stroller, nice. neck cranked. I don't know how she did it when she woke up, but you know she's two; she can bounce back from anything. So, so what did you get to do there that you personally enjoyed? Uh, you went golfing, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Are we talking about Florida or Disney World? <laughs> Florida, the golf. That's why I went. That's that's what I wanted to do when I went down to Florida. But I'm a I'm a golf nut. That's what I love to do. That and have a few cocktails by the pool, enjoy the sun. That was it. So, that but like, like you said, it's nice to get home. You kind of walk in the door and you go, <sighs> home. We're back. We're settled. This is normal. Because sometimes, exactly. even though you're relaxing on vacation, it takes a lot of energy out of you. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. I mean. You come back, and now you've got this Minnesota winter to deal with. You've got to shovel snow. You've got to blow your driveway. You've got all that stuff that's got to happen. Well, before you get into that, we are in Minnesota. Who took care of your driveway while you were gone? Our neighbor did. That, okay, perfect. So we had the did, rent- did you have to ask before you left? No. So that's exactly Minnesota style. Exactly. So Minnesota we, nice, baby. We just, were, we just alerted. We told a couple of our neighbors that we were going to be gone for a couple days, and... We have a ring doorbell where you can see motion happening. All of a sudden, we got the notification that somebody's at our door. So we're like, all right, what's going on? And we were like, oh, man, somebody's snowblowing our driveway. This is great. Didn't ask him to. Didn't do anything. So it was, you know, it is that Minnesota nice thing. Well, that's the the benefit of having good neighbors. It is. Right? Yeah. So I got to ask you. So actually, going to Disney World is for the kids. It's for their benefit. Oh, 100%. I got to ask you guys. What is the Disney World kid equivalent for you? Ooh. I would honestly have to say my my wife and I used to, or we still do, we enjoy the national park system. Uh, before Ooh, before our first was, uh, first was born, we went out to Utah, did uh, Zion, Bryce Canyon, Arches. Love getting out there and hiking. There's so many beautiful places in the U.S. for people to see, and I think we forget about that. Uh, we just took... Actually, before, so it would have been July. Before the second July. baby was born. Yep, before the second baby was born, we took Henry <laughs> out to Montana and did uh, Glacier National Park for four days, did some hiking, had the it's backpack out. out. Which was better? Absolutely glorious. It, it's With or without the child, compare. or what are you talking about? Well, <laughs> I mean, I definitely made more ground at Zion and Bryce Canyon when I didn't have a 40-pound pack on my back, but it was really enjoyable to me. So what you're saying is you don't me. lift. <laughs> uh, well, let's just say this. The first day at Glacier, I did 12 miles with my son on my back, so I can hang. Sounds fun. Yeah, you sound like a landscaper. 
Ooh. Is that a bad thing? No, not at all. I'm saying those blue-collar jobs are respected. Oh, yeah. Hey, for me, Disney World for me is being on the golf course. I always say it, and my wife knows it. It's my wife and my family, and then it's golf right underneath it. That's what it is. And she knows it, and I just love golf. So being on the golf course, relaxing, played golf twice when I was in Florida. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I was excited about. So it doesn't matter what golf course it's just being on the golf course enjoying being out in the nature doesn't matter whether i'm playing good or not it's just being out there because that's that's my place so are you okay what about you derek you asked the question yeah so my disney world is hanging out in my uncle louis above ground (laughs) it's seriously above ground pool (laughs) it's about 75 degrees with my family nice just relaxing yeah Yeah. having a couple cocktails some bud light limes yeah bud light (laughs) Diets. <laughs> Bud Light Diets. Bud Light Diets in the blue camp. Is that a new one? Is that a new one? <laughs> or another great thing is because I did this before is going on vacation with my family. That's a lot of fun. Are you being where to? No, that's or, where well, did you go on vacation with your family? Oh, there you go. All right. That was Check before in. the kid. All inclusive. Yeah, that was before the kid. Yeah. Yeah. So it all changes with the kid. I yeah. mean, with the kid. Ah. Uh, I. It's hard. To, I mean. Okay. So as a parent, if you did anything with the kid. With other parents who have a kid, in my opinion, is a win. Yeah. Like, if you bring your kid over and hang out with another kid, like, you can have a couple beers and hang out and socialize with another adult, <laughs> that, in my opinion, is Disney World. Like we did here tonight. Exactly. Before the kids went to New bed. Year's yes. Eve. Do you know what Disney World in a liquor store is? What's that? When we were in Florida, Target, which is crazy because it's a Target. Target liquor store. Was it on the Disney World premise? No. Okay. It was just a... Target liquor store. By Disney World. No. Just by our, our resort. Okay. And literally, they had what was called a growler shop. So picture yourself at a brewery. They're going to fill a growler for you. Inside Target. No. Well, kind of. Okay. It's, it's the Target liquor store. They have to have a separate entrance, all that. Okay. You know. So, yep. inside Target liquor store, they've got a thing on the wall right next to the cash register that says growler shop. At that place, you can sample three to eight beers that are on tap and then you can fill a growler with it so you don't even have to go to a brewery you don't have to go to any brewery to fill up your growler you can just get it at the target liquor store that to me is the disney world of liquor stores so fair enough i've seen that at high v and in sioux falls and things like that i however do enjoy the experience of going to the brewery i think that's something we can all agree on but when you can't get there it's just like hey I can go to my local Target liquor store and get a growler full of beer. Which we can't do in Minnesota, unfortunately. Well, not right now. Right. But this might be... They said it's the first Target liquor store that has this. Nice. If they expand it... Right. Wouldn't that be amazing? You go to the local Target, which here in Oatown is not going to happen. Right. But you go to the local Cashwise but liquor store... we have hy V in town. hy V Hy-Vee in Sioux Falls already does it. Doesn't matter. Wherever you're going... You go there and say, hey, I want a growler full of whatever beer that you have on tap, and they just fill it right there for you. All right, so my opinion on this is that's great, but I think people getting growlers of beer is a novelty item. Correct. So if you can go to, if you can go to any liquor store and get a growler of beer, I think people are going to bypass that and get their 6-pack, 12-pack, 24-pack of what they usually get and move on. I, I don't, I, well. So if you have it set up everywhere or you have it set up anywhere close to where we live, how popular do you think it really would it really be? I would not, just speaking for myself, I would not go and get a growler on a regular basis if it was even that easy to get. 
I can tell you if we're if we're going to get together on a regular basis, I would get a growler because versus a six pack because then it's I know fresh. I know you guys are coming over. We're, it's four beers. Yeah, that's nothing. So yeah, yeah of course I'd get a growler. But how many? You don't even have to party. But how many people sit here and have one and a third beer a piece? And <laughs> it'd be just fine. That's a great point. But how many? Okay, two things. How many people go to a party and drink one and a half beers? It's not gonna happen. What kind of party? How many people, about? And how many other people go to a liquor store and well, just you have to buy party to drink? Can't you just sit around and have a beer with your friends? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. And have a shoot a podcast? Yeah, you could. <laughs> You could, and you could also play the game Twister. Do you have Twister laying out on your floor right now? No, I've got a couple He's got monopolies. A, a train set. That's what I'm saying. But, come, yeah. Way off Wait time. a minute. Wait, who's going to come over and play with your train set? The three-year-old. Yeah. All right, that's a hell of a Your party. son came over. Kurt's got going there. on. Anyway, so, okay. And a growler is fine. A growler is fine, but... Are you sure it's okay with you? My, my... You would never go continuously buy a growler. Is what I would say. No, because there's there's a lifespan to it. You have to drink it within a certain amount of time. So if I know that I'm going to get together with you guys or Walker or somebody else is going to come over that will drink a couple beers with me, yes, yeah, I'll grab a growler. So the novelty of having a place where you can get a growler whenever you want at a Target or at a liquor store, I think, would wear out and die out pretty quick. I think, my opinion. I think you're underselling the fact that it's only craft. So you're going to go to the liquor store to buy your normal beers that you always do, but it's that specialty that you're going to go and say, hey, I want to try this. It's going to be better out of the tap. Because what would you rather drink, a tap beer or a can beer? That depends. There are some that taste better in a can versus a bottle versus on tap. Remember, breweries and liquor stores don't make money on the people that come and dabble. They make money on the people who come and will buy a 24-pack, drink it in two days, come back and buy two more. That's true. Fair enough. But how many of those guys are going to show up and buy a growler every two days? But you know the cost of tea beer. You, you, you know a cost of a craft keg versus what they're selling you a growler for and how many growlers they can get out of a keg. Yeah. I mean, a keg's like, what, 160 so you'd say, beers? You, you would say that margin's pretty good. I would say that margin's pretty good on a growler. I would always And if you are rotating your eight beers on a regular basis, that's going to create more times you're going to want to go in. Because you're not going to want to miss one that you maybe haven't had before. So as an entrepreneur, you would say that margin's pretty good. That's a good business deal, right? I don't think alcohol has ever gone under. I would say, look, <laughs> I would say, look at the opportunity. There's a small, cost. small time in there. Maybe in the 30s <laughs> when it was illegal. And then it, I mean, My guess, then it didn't and I could under. be wrong, and please let me know if I'm wrong, but I think that Budweiser or Bud Light selling their 24-pack, they have a better margin on that than any craft brewery selling their growler. If they do, then why do they uh, why do they buy up craft breweries and start selling their craft beer? Then here here's here's my point. That's bigger a great market. question. They're, here, they're here's a great market. question, and I have a great answer to that. But we'll let Taylor go here, first. here's your here's your point. You That's just a said great question. Here's the point of what you just asked because you said I'm going to buy it. I'm going to come in and I'm going to drink my case, and two days later I'm going to come back in. Or, All right, I'm going to yeah. go there, get my growler full, come back after one day, fill it up again. Come back another day, fill it up again, because literally it's four beers, like Kurt said. What I'm saying is I don't think there are people out there who drink enough of that on a consistent basis that would stack up against people who drink uh, the light The normal stuff? The normal stuff, so to speak. And I think that normal stuff, they make way more on margin than they do on a growler beer. So from a business standpoint, they want to promote and push that other stuff more than the growlers. It's hard. But as an entrepreneur, are you going to let all these other microbreweries take half of your potential audience away? Or are you going to get into it like Budweiser does and say, okay, we'll, we'll we'll do Bud Light, Budweiser, 
butt heavy as you call it. And then a diesel. They're also going to buy up these craft breweries and start distributing them also. That's why because that's why wouldn't you widen your market? That's what any big business does though, is they're gonna buy up those craft breweries because they're a potential right. threat. And they reach more people. No, okay. I, I, I don't I don't I don't I hundred percent disagree that craft breweries reach more people than here here's here's that's not what I said. I said the people that are already drinking Bud Light and Budweiser products, Budweiser can get more new people in by offering different products. People that wouldn't drink Bud Light. Yeah. And here, now all of a sudden they have a craft beer following. Here, so now you have more Budweiser right. consumers. Here, here's what I'm talking about. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Here's, here's yes. what I'm talking about. You have, a, you have an option to buy a craft beer out of a tap that's going to be fresh bottled. And you don't have to drive an hour and a half to get the beer that you want to get. People are going to do that. It's not saying that they're not going to buy the Bud Lights and the McGoldens and the Coors Lights of the world. It's just saying every so often they're going to go in, and more often than not, they're probably going to go in and fill that crawler because that's the world that we live in. I'm not saying it's it's sustainable, not whatsoever, because the craft beer boom is likely going to come down at some point. There's craft brewers all over the country popping up. How off, How long is that going to last? I think for a long time because the, the, the beauty of it is that everyone can have their own distinct brew. They have a generic, you know, you have your stouts, your porters, your IPAs, your pilsners, all those. But everybody makes it different. And the people that enjoy craft beer... Are going to be know, there. They're, they, they're there. And they want to try everybody's take on an IPA, everybody's take on a stout. So if you can get those people that are around your region, let's just say we're here in Owatonna and you've got 12 craft breweries that are within a 100-mile radius and you're going to get something that rotates, you're going to get more people that want to come in and try that and say, hey, I want to try that beer versus driving 100 miles and going to do that. That's what I'm saying. That's where that that option comes into play where you're going to say, hey, I would would rather go and and grab a, a growler full of somewhere that I can't get to on a normal basis and say, I'm going to try that versus driving 100 miles, trying it, not liking it, and then coming back and going, eh, you know what I mean? Especially if you can sample it right there. Because how many times have I gone to the beer store and uh, I'm looking at all the craft beers and I have to buy a six-pack? And now a six-pack, you're looking at $9, $10. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, do I want to buy $10 worth of this beer that I may or may not like? Or would I rather, if I could sample it and be like, you know what, I did like that. I'll take a growler full. Perfect. Then, if I'm traveling in that general area and I've already heard of the brewery, you'd be like, hey, you know what, why don't we pop in here, grab some lunch, maybe a couple beers, keep doing our travel or doing our vacation. I Okay, so that, that makes perfect sense. Taylor, I not agree with you, but when Kurt said the, the sample part, yeah. that, that brings me over to your side a little bit. Yeah. I just don't see how there's any profitability in what they're doing in the Target down in Florida. We can fill your own growler here, but we don't. We don't. I have... don't think. I don't think there's enough people who would want to sample that and try it and make it part of their systematic purchase above and beyond what they already buy from the liquor store. And that is why when you walk into liquor stores in Minnesota, they have beer caves, and in those beer caves they have Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors, Miller, everything else, and that's it. The Mick Golden. They have what people like, what people have bought their entire life. Then they have the other 40-50% of their store. They have the other uh, wines and stuff like that. But that's You had growlers there. What are you going to take out of the store? And is it going to be enough to make up for what you have to leave what if you take, you out, take out? What if you take out... Take our local hy for example. Yes. 
You walk in. What's behind? What's behind the cash registers right now? A little wall. Do you know uh, what's 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 on that wall? No, it's not pull tabs. Uh, Do you know monies? No, it's super expensive, random small bottles, small bottles of or liquor. big bottles of liquor. of liquor. Is it like the airplane stuff? No, oh. no, it's, it's the, the bigger stuff. Seven fives. Yeah, and you're talking just random expensive liquors that you could probably pick a few of them based on movements oh, okay. and move that into your regular, you know, a couple scotches, a couple vodkas. Okay, so you could eliminate point? that stuff's not moving. Run a movement on that. Is that moving? Is that bringing in? Is your anybody sales? buying it? No. But if you twice as much space as that, you could fit it in that wall. No. And you could increase yeah, you could. foot traffic. Absolutely. No, you could because you have to drill through the wall. One. No. In order to get the kegs behind it. Deny it. No, it's all in the it's all in the it's on the counter. Here's the thing. It's all about the sampling. Because I think Kurt's right. It's all about the sampling. If you can go in and you can say, Hey, I want to try this beer, and then you're gonna take it home and say, Alright, I like this, and then you can literally go and find it. In a six pack or a twelve pack, you're gonna do that. Versus, because that's what you do at that's what you do at a brewery, and that's what's appealing about a brewery. You can go and you can sample six different beers and say, "All right, I like these six different beers. Now, where can I find them?" Now, you may or name you may or may not be able to find them anywhere close to you. So that's the draw of being able to have that growler shop there available and ready for you to be able to do it so so what you're saying is you have to have things that you can sample that are already available to purchase in the store it helps it definitely would help so that means i would say that means the company that has their beer in your store also has to provide free samples they don't have to no the store also doesn't have to provide free samples they could say no sorry you can buy this color you can't but you said free samples are the big thing exactly you're going to as a business standard if you do this you're going to have more people say Okay, yeah, can I try this or this? And then how many of them do you think are going to come in and say, I'll have a sample of this and this, and then walk out the door? Who runs the samples? Not very many. The people at the liquor store. So that means more employees. No. No, what? The, the same employee that was running the cash register is also running the growler shop. And here's the thing. You literally buy a keg of beer for 160 bucks, and you're selling a growler at 64 ounces for... Probably fifteen Nine, to twenty. Yeah, it's, yeah. If it's your first time, for sure, because you have to buy the growler. So you're making money on it easy because those growlers are cheap. And that hundred and sixty is what we would pay. That's not what the liquor store oh, pays. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So the the margin on that one keg of beer is a hell of a lot more than what you're thinking it is. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I'm just saying. So you're saying that one employee who runs a cash register at the local liquor store, we'll say it's Ivy. Yeah. You're also going to make them be the taste filler upper sampler. They guys. know long, they know when they're busy. They're, oh yeah. They've how, been doing this for a long time. How 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 long does it take to fill up a 3 ounce glass of beer? Well, not very long. Or a 1 ounce glass. They're literally flipping the taps so, so they can get a taste. But you got three people in line for that and you got two people checking out with two cases of beer and a bottle of wine. Well, then guess what? You call over to the main store. Yeah. And you say, I need someone else who can ring. Because they already have people who are licensed and, right. and uh, old enough sense. to yeah. sell at the liquor store. I'm just curious from a business And, all, then, and then what I'm you do is you go back and you say, hey, I didn't have enough people scheduled this time. Let's try to schedule a few more people. All I'm saying is it, it was an interesting option for something that we haven't seen here in Minnesota. And it would I think it would go over well because of the craft beer movement that we're in. And you could literally go in and say, hey, I want to try this or I want to try this. Because a lot of the beers that were there were beers that they had everywhere else because they're local beers. They're big brewer- they're big craft breweries yeah. that you could say, all right, I want to try that, but I don't want a whole one if I don't like it. I don't want a 
yeah. full pint if I don't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe you don't buy the growler. Maybe you go and grab the six-pack instead. That makes a ton of sense. Either way is fine. That makes a ton of sense. I agree with you. All right, we're coming up to the end. Let's let the new dad finish it out. Kurt, what's on your mind? I'm just glad we were able to do this. Uh, thanks to my wife for being willing to have us down in the basement tonight. Uh putting the two kids to bed you're amazing uh and just super excited to have you guys give us your comments and your feedback check out our facebook page and email us when you get a chance about future things you'd like us to talk about have a great night thanks for joining us for the first episode of the 30 wise podcast have a great night